Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Do Your Part. I'm your host, Brian Gallo, and today we have got a really, really amazing guest. We're talking about Mr. Kenneth Crouch. You may know his name as far as uh, him musically, but you probably don't know much about him uh, as far as intellectually. So uh, welcome, Kenneth. We're going to talk about so many things from not so much politics, but race relations to COVID face masks to traveling around the world, What, what you can learn from that. Stick with us. It's going to be a really, really insightful show. Everything is fueled from me wanting to be a better person on Earth. It's time to do your part. I don't want you to dream. I want you to do it. Tap into the conversation. Check one, two. As we cover the latest issues affecting our communities and the world. It is absolutely vital that the truth comes out. Resolve your unconscious bias and grow from firsthand experiences. Is your mind truly free or is it caged? This is Do Your Part with Brian Gallo. All right, everybody. Welcome back. I'm joined with Mr. Kenneth Crouch. In fact, I'm going to let him talk a bit about himself, which I think it's awkward for us all to kind of talk about ourselves. But um, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And tell people, tell the listeners a bit about your background, who you are. My name is Kenneth Crouch. Um, I am a man born in Los Angeles. I come from a, uh, I come from a family of known uh ministers and my uncle was a well-known uh musician writer um just pillar of music Uh, my uncle's name is andre crouch and so that's my uncle and so he was a big part of what i do and i'm a musician as i said and i'm a pianist and that's how brian and i met each other Mm -hmm. oh my god back in the day back in the day (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah great thank you and a lot of people know those names and know your name uh, aside from your uncle yeah yeah um so we're gonna i've known kenneth for quite some time we've talked about a lot of things he and i can get deep really quickly which is one thing i love about our friendship is, yeah definitely and, and having re- relationships like that yeah so i want to jump right in okay now you mentioned ministry church it's a big part of your upbringing still yeah. a big part of your life absolutely let me ask you this after as far as how people are being treated and yeah. how we've always treated people we have a lot of people living in today's day mm-hmm. uh hiding behind the bible but kind of yes. pointing fingers and being absolutely angry. i'm confused because i don't know the bible what do you have to say about these people who are kind of uh they're, they're kind of hypocritical right super hypocritical from my vantage point i used to um oh god this is a lot to unpack but it's great it is you know and it's cool um i grew up with the notion of pro-life um not necessarily that i was against being pro-choice but it's like but that was like the way to think mm-hmm. And then once I started to get older and just started to understand things for myself, I just started to see things differently. So let me just go back. Mm-hmm. I grew up not only in a black church, but I grew up in a white church too. So that was like really crazy. So I grew up, my granddaddy was a bishop in the Church of God in Christ. So that's like, I wouldn't call it black evangelical because evangelical is just like a weird it's another level, right? It's another, it's like, when I think of evangelical, I think of like, I think of more so like white, like Jimmy Swaggart and like Kenneth Copeland and stuff like Extreme. that. Extreme. Yeah. But my uncle, Andre, was really loved. I mean, he would, you know, by the, um, by the evangelical movement. I remember watching 
some stuff just recently, like where he would play like a Billy Graham crusades and stuff like that. And so my uncle was, he knew, I guess, no, I guess he played the game, but he was also very, um, mm, he was also very, uh, he was almost like a pioneer as a matter of speaking. It's like, like it was a black, you know, he had an interracial band and, uh, they this had was what, in the seventies. Yeah, this was in the seventies. Got it. Well, yeah, but actually, it started like he actually started off like like out like in the fifties. So he had Billy Preston in his group, and he did like all kind of stuff. All that to say this: I grew up in I grew up playing. Um, I grew up in, in in a black church, but I also grew up in a white church. And it's really crazy because it's like what I, I mean. Know, hold on, what does that mean that you went to two different services, or the church itself no, I, is blended? No, no. So, so oh god, so that's really crazy. So, like from the time I was born until mm, junior high, we grew up in the black church, my granddaddy's church, and then, and then we went over to the white church, and that was just like a whole thing in and of itself. And I see, you know. But, you know, going from like one, like from the pendulum swinging from like east to west. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of people. So what, you know, I, I realize now that there was like racism and stuff in the church, but I just didn't in the white church, but I just didn't know it. You know, when you're young and you're a kid, you're just not swift. And I think that the kids now, like my kids are 16 and 17 years old. And they're just so much, the kids are just so much more brighter now, I think, with social media and being able to interact with each other. You see that with the protests. The kids are way, way smarter. Being in church, in, in white church, it's like, it's very, very, it's a very controlling thing. It's a subtle way of control, as I see it. And it's the whole thing of like, you know, pro-life. And, and, and that's the thing that I really have a problem with. Because what I've come to realize... Yeah, you keep circling back to that. This is interesting. Well, the reason I say that is the whole pro-life thing, to be quite honest, is a bunch of motherfucking bullshit. Mm. And the reason I say that is this. People can say... And you know what? I say that the white evangelical church is not pro-life. They are selective pro-white birth. That's that's what I believe. Okay. Because you got to explain that. Oh, it's very simple. How can you call yourself pro-life if you have privatization of prisons? If you have redlining, mm -hmm. if you have um you know, churches are definitely very segregated. If you have uh where the music that you play in church is like, you know, you want it to sound a certain way. And if we're supposed to be all by God, why does it sound different? Mm -hmm. um, and it's then, not all inclusive. No, it's not. It's not. And, and that's interesting because that's as far as denominations in their own, there's a lot of, um, <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for? Like, division. Division. Like, yeah, like different sects. Right. You know, different sects, mm -hmm. you know. That's the way that I see it. So, um, mm. <clears throat> let me talk a bit about, about more yeah. about pro life, for instance. I like that you use that example. Yeah. Yeah. But here, let me ask you a very direct, sure. and it's a loaded question. If you okay. don't want to answer this, you don't you have to. You know what? To. I'll answer anything as best I can. All right. 
Do you believe that in the, your experience in church that you were taught to judge others or to, uh, right? Is there judgment that, that is underlining within the, the, the words that you heard or were, were taught? Sure, sure, absolutely. And how does that relate to today, right? Well, and you, know what? Okay, you know what? Okay, so you and I talked the other day. And, and one, one thing that, that I don't really understand for me um, I grew up that homosexuality is, you know, against the Bible and, you know, how can you go to heaven and that sort of thing. And, you know, and that's something that I still wrestle with now. Mm -hmm. That being said, my responsibility as a Christian and as a human being is even if I don't understand or say that I don't agree, and I can't even necessarily say that I don't agree or whatever, it's not my it's not my choice, it's not my life, but it's my responsibility to treat you the way that Jesus would treat you. Man, listen, Jesus hung out with pimps, hoes, hookers, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And honestly, I think that if Jesus came back right now, the same people who call themselves Christians would not recognize him. Okay, right. And so where, where? I mean, I know you can't answer this because this is just, again, to get your perspective, but where did this disconnect happen, right? If these people are, they're From the living, beginning. living by the Bible, they know what the, what the Bible says, they know how From, they should be treating people, but we're living in a nation in a world where people are quicker to treat people shitty, right? It's right. easier to treat people shitty than it is nicely. Where did that divide happen? Where did, where did it's that always, learned behavior? It's, it's all, yeah, it's learned behavior. It's always been. It's not that it just happened. It's always been. So how does the church, where's the church's role in that? You know what? I think that the church's role needs to be a role of honesty. Mm -hmm. And you know what? The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So you're looking at me, and I've put on a couple pounds. And you look great. You're dramatic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And your hairline looks great. Shut up. <laughs> so, it's an inside joke for you guys. We'll talk about that later. You have the LeBaron look. <laughs> Will you quit? Focus. Comedy show comes next. Focus before you lose your point. Damn it. Um, what was I saying? Just lost your point. See, you're wanting to be funny. Um, go ahead. Remind me. I will remind you. So we're talking, you're talking basically about the disconnect mm. from religion and from just... Oh, yes. Yeah. You know what? I think that this is what it is. I think that what people... I think that what happens with people at church, it's like they get very judgmental via a concept. But then... But you and I both know, I hate to cut you off, but you and I both know from the fundamentals of, of the Bible and just from what we learn as kids, sure. just as you said, you have to, I don't have to agree with somebody, but you got to treat them with respect. You got to treat them Where with respect. Where did we lose that? You know what? It's always, you know what? You know what? This is what I think. I think that what's happening is there is a two-faced reality that mm -hmm. goes on. Mm -hmm. So there's the reality of people being in church and looking a certain way mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. And then there's a reality of being at home. So these guys. Who they really are. Who they really are. Yeah, yeah. And they might be the guy next to the stall, stall tapping his foot, wetting a blowjob or whatever. <laughs> Let's, right. A lot, of, uh, <laughs> a lot of preachers and priests and people in the ministry have been caught doing things like yeah, that. Yeah. You want wanting to play tickle. I mean, and if you want to play tickle, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, but be real. Mm -hmm. Be honest about it. But see, and again, that I always come back to that same situation. It's yeah. like even me, I'm not really religious. I'm more spiritual. But I'm a, I have the understanding that if you are religious and you go to church, you can almost exonerate your sins just by attending, right? Just by going on Sunday and being there, whatever. That means that you've checked. 
checked in with God, you can go back and live that other life that you're referring to. But you know, though, but, but, and, and not to get all preachy because it's like, I am, I don't know, you know, I love the Bible. I love things of the Bible because it gives me comfort and I also cuss too. So mm -hmm. I'm just real about it. But the Bible says that faith without works is dead. So it's like, you can wave your finger at me and do all this finger waving, but if you're not doing the the the, the works, if you're not doing the works and, and, and doing the work, then it's just idle chatter. Mm -hmm. For example, um, like there's somebody that I know who used to play with my uncle, which amazes me. And he was like saying, oh man, these people, these looters and these rioters, uh, they need to, you know, we need to pray. And then I just said, you're putting the cart before the horse. How do we get there? Mm -hmm. The reason that people are doing that is because you're hearing that people are disenfranchised. You are hearing black folks say over and over and over, mm -hmm. the police are, are messing with us. And you look, look, we saw George Floyd, eight minutes, 48 seconds, the man had his knee on the neck and they just tried to explain it away. Mm -hmm. So black life, gay life, mm -hmm is looked at as um, less not, than. What's that? Less than. Yeah, less than. You know, it's like white life is looked at as More the, important. The, 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 the pinnacle. Yeah, yeah. And let's be honest, we've been told that our whole lives. Well, well you know what? From the TV right. we turn on, to the radio we listen to, to sure. the magazines we open, to, yeah. the, to the, you know, the curriculum that we learn in school. That's what we've learned. And Absolutely. it can be traced. It's not hard. Well, hey, let me ask you this real quick. Yeah. Because um, I don't want to stray too far off of this. Yeah. So speaking about learning in, in the Bible that, that homosexuality is wrong, but you, have, you choose to live your life the right way, which is to treat everybody with respect. Yeah. So with that said... How are you cool with me? You've always been cool with me. What what changed in that? Because I've you always don't just you know respect what? me. You, you know also what? like me. I know you do. We're I friends. love you. Right. Thank you. I love you too. So you know what? What how, but, what, you how know, does that happen? You know what? I've always been this. I have always been this. Mm -hmm. I have always been an empathic person. And you know, I think that what happens is that we have our internal Geiger counter that goes on. We have our internal meter. And you know what? I think that, you know what, we have our internal thing where we know what's right and we know what's wrong. Mm -hmm. And we should. Go ahead. No, no, I mean, but but like for me, it's like, okay, you're gay, I'm straight. You're black, I'm black. And it's like, you're a man, I'm a man. And it's like, you know what, it's like we have so, we have so much in common. Mm -hmm. We're human. Mm -hmm. we, we have so much to talk about. We have so much to relate to. So my thing is, it's like what you do in your privacy has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. my, my thing is, is, to, is to respect you as a human being. And I have a saying that I tell myself. I say, thank God he is, and I'm not. Because I have no idea what it's like to be God. Mm -hmm. And I don't to have... To be God or to be gay? To be God. <laughs> You've been... Okay, sorry. <laughs> I've never been gay. But but what I'm saying, I have no idea what it's like to be God. Got it. So for me to try to wave my finger at you, it's like... To place judgment you yeah, mean. You know what? You, you know, you know, check right. this out. Listen, we are finite creatures. How can I... How can I, being finite, explain infinity? There's no way that I can do that. Mm -hmm. 
I don't have the physical capacity to do that. Mm -hmm. So if God made everything and there are things that I don't understand, mm -hmm. how can I put judgment on that? Mm -hmm. Who's to say that there might be a billion different earths right now? There could be, I remember my father telling me about parallel universes. There could be 50 other, 50 million parallel universes going on, going through the same thing. So for me to be like, I'm the authority, I'm not. Right. I'm absolutely not. So why was I always cool to you? Because you're Brian and you were kind to me. And if you were an asshole, I'd be like, okay, cool. He's an asshole. But he's not but, a gay asshole. <laughs> no, no, for real. But that doesn't, but that for me, it does, that doesn't even, that's like not even that. So you using me as an example in this conversation probably isn't best because this is who you've always been. It didn't yeah. begin with me. Right. Got it. Yeah. But. I just, but with, with you, it's like I have a certain affinity for you because, I, you know, it's just the energy that we have with and for one another. Like, we can, look, we don't talk to each other sometimes for two or three years, mm -hmm. and then we pick right up, mm -hmm. and everything is cool, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that what it is is talking and speaking from the, from the point of empathy mm -hmm. towards each other. And just saying the humanity of, of each other. So part of this podcast and the objective is to talk about underlining bias and prejudice mm -hmm. and, and then solutions as to how to bring that out of yourself and unlearn that behavior. It sounds like you had learned an underlining prejudice against towards homosexuality and you have already found a way to unlearn that behavior to, ex I mean, right? How do you, how do you articulate that? Um, does that make sense? I, no, it does. Okay. So. Because again, that's our goal here is like, okay, um, I'm not I'm not really privy towards this type of person for whatever reason. Let me explore that. Let me think about it. And let me try to do the work to take back steps to figure out where I learned that. Well, you know what? Because it's you like know, you can take back steps and know where you learned it. Well, yeah. But you know what, though? But I don't even necessarily know if that's necessarily even knowing where it came from isn't as necessary as knowing that you that it's there and going forward. And this is what I mean when I say that. I'll go off reservation a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I went to therapy. I was right before that's the- That's racist, by the way, going off a reservation. That's racist. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Think about it. Well, you, okay. You All know right, what? I'm just looking No, it, but I'm no. not trying to- No, you know what? I, I mean- flag. Right. I don't want you to lose your point, though. Go ahead. Okay, so- Listen um, to me. That's racist. That's <laughs> not what I meant. Go ahead. Um- um, okay. Um, what was I saying? Um, oh, okay. Okay. So, so I, so I went to therapy because there were just some things that, that were going on and I, I went to, I did cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's not about where did I learn it from? It's like learning that, okay, I have this internal script going on in my head and then just like saying, okay, why do I think this? Is this real? Is it not? And unpacking that. So. Is this real? Is it not? And right. packing that. Is this real? Is it not? Yeah. And, and how did it? Right, right. That's deep. Right. Is it even true? Right. And is it true? And does it affect me? And does it really, does it really matter? Does it benefit does it, me? Does it benefit me yeah. or whatever? So. Interesting. So that's kind of like, you know, kind of how I see that. So um, for me, it wasn't, mm. I'll tell you a story. So I have a friend of mine. I won't say his name. He's a songwriter. He's one of my dearest friends. And years ago, he told and he's gay. And he's like, man, you know. Um, and I knew that he was gay, and I never spoke about it to him because it wasn't necessary. 
it wasn't like okay i know you're gay it's it like, wasn't relevant that, it, no it, it just like i loved him mm -hmm. because he's my homeboy mm -hmm. the one and only time i got arrested was with him which was funny and he's like man you know uh you know, I met this guy and, um, you know, I'm going to get married. And immediately I felt, oh, my God, I felt convicted. I said, oh, my God, am I going to go to his wedding? What will people think if I go? Should I go? And I went through this whole thing in my head. I went through a whole thing in my head. And I just said, and that was where the rubber really met, you know, meets the road. And you know what? And I think that's sort of kind of like, what's going on right now with the racism and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like you can have learned things, but then you have to just like stand in the middle and just say, you can't play it from both sides. You have to say, okay, you know what? Okay, I know that this is something that I've heard for so many years, but then I'm looking at this from a practical aspect. It's like, where do I stand? Where is it that I stand? Because the Bible says, be ye hot or cold, lest I spew you out of the mouth. So it's like either you're one way or you're the other. And be steadfast in what it is that you, where you are. So. I love this example. Go on. So like for this me. resonates. Yeah. You know, so, so when he told me that he was getting married, I went through so many emotions and he has since gotten married and I didn't go to the wedding, you know, because he, um, he Not wanted, because he was gay. No, 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 no. Because he wound up getting married like in another state or, or whatever. But whether or not he got married in another state, that didn't matter. It's like I feel like me going or not really didn't matter. It was like I was immediately convicted and I had to do my work in myself. Mm. And it wasn't like something that just happened overnight. And I just said... You know, I, look, I have two kids, and I said, what would I do if my son or my daughter told me that they were gay, how would I feel? And, like, for me, I wouldn't want that for them. I wouldn't want that for them because I'm like, man, it's a hard enough time to be black. Mm -hmm. It's hard enough to be gay, mm -hmm. and it's hard to be black and gay. Not but. And that being said, I would absolutely love my kids if they were, if they told me they were gay, mm -hmm. because you'd those still are, worry, but yeah, of course I would worry. But the thing about it is, like, what I, the what, conversation I had with my mom. Go on. Wow, sorry. would I shun? Would I shun them? No, because that would be that would be me saying that my love for for my children is conditional. Is, is conditional, and there's no way that I could do that. I love my babies. You know what? It's like. You know, it's this this shit hurts my heart when I see this. It's like, why can't people just see the humanity in people? That's all it is. It's like, even if you, you know what? I'll tell you, traveling, and I'm so grateful. I'm sorry. I get, I just. No, I like it. It's what we want. You got a lot to share. When you travel, you get to see. For as different as you think that we are, we're all the same. We just want to be loved. We want to eat. We want to dance with each other. We want to listen to music. And you know what? And that's what it is. And it's all these fucking walls. And it's all this shit. And it's like, 
you know what? I don't have all the answers. But the answer that I have is treat people with kindness, even if you don't understand. How can we call ourselves Christians? How can we call ourselves pro-life? When you put kids in chain in cages, how do you call yourself pro-life? When you put your neck, your knee on a man's neck for eight minutes and forty-eight seconds, how do you call yourself pro-life? When my mother the other day just told me that she had a miscarriage and they scraped the inside of her because they had to go ahead and get the baby out of her because she had a miscarriage. How do you how do you how do you call yourself pro-life? How do you call yourself a Christian? Fuck calling yourself a Christian. How do you call yourself a human? How do you do that? So when my friend told me that that he was getting married, I felt really convicted. And I'm just like, you know what? From here on out, if I have a friend and if they decide that they want to be married and if they're gay or whatever, even if it's something that I struggle with, it is my responsibility, if I am their friend, to be their friend with them all the way to the end. That's my responsibility as a Christian and as a human being. My responsibility is if you're sick and you say, Kenneth, I need help. And it's people who grew up with me and they're like, well, how are you going to do that to this fag? I'm like, come on, man, you guys, really? It's like people breathe and they live and it's like they just want to be loved. It's like, why would I do that? Why would I treat you? It's exhausting. It's fucking, it's just exhausting. So all of that to say, it's my responsibility to treat everybody with humanity, even if I don't understand. Mm -hmm. That's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. And the, where we are right now in the country, I believe that we are at a huge tipping point. I think it's a real huge tipping point. It's just so much that I see that's just so obvious to me. Why do you get emotional? Uh, is I, it part of? Is it because I feel like a lot of it has to do with just as you said, you're just retired. It's just it's like it's, it's the weight of it all starts to wear on you. It's the weight of it's the weight of it all. It's who I am. It's, right, a lot I, of it's I, who it's, you are. It's, right? it's 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 empathy. Mm -hmm. It's just like. You know what? We don't all have to like each other, but let's don't bullshit each other and try to say that shit isn't what it is. Mm -hmm. This country and shit was built on just racism and just superiority and, and supremacy and all the other shit that comes with it. And it's like, if we would just be honest and not try to be revisionist, because I think that what happens is mm. this. When people... When people start being honest, that brings the walls down mm -hmm. because the bullshit has to go away. Mm -hmm. Let me let me let me pause real quick. Are yeah. you good? Do you want to take a break? I'm good. Okay, cool. Because yeah. cause so much just came out of that moment, and thank yeah. you. I mean, obviously, thank you for being vulnerable. That's the whole point, and I think that 
if everybody was as, was able to tap into their vulnerability and their yeah. emotion that easily, yeah. it, this process would be a lot easier for all of us. It's necessary, right? It is necessary. It's cathartic. It, it's also cathartic. But this is this is the work that needs to be done. And with that said, yeah. when you were talking about um, when you felt convicted, uh, it sounds like the solution for you in that moment was the inner dialogue. Was it that was. the goal? It, you know what? It wasn't even a goal. It just happened. And I didn't stop it. And it wasn't like a thing that happened overnight, but it's like I just felt like I was slapped in the face. And I just said, how would I be, how would he feel if I said, I won't go? It's like, would I lose my friend? Yeah. And that would have, that's how, they, we hear those stories every day. And that's, and you know what? It's hard to process, fathom, or even, or, or to even talk about. And you know what? And I think that a lot of times what goes on in America is people are enthralled with a concept. But when it comes to real life, that's a completely different thing. Mm -hmm. And I'll just give you just a real quick example. I have a friend of mine who since passed away. When the whole Colin Kaepernick thing happened, he was like, the guy that I went to church with, I gave him piano lessons. He's like, Ken, he goes, I can't believe that Colin Kaepernick, he knelt, he's disrespecting the flag and this and that. And he goes, and I was so embarrassed for my, you know, I love the 49ers and this and that and the other. I said, Danny, I said, you have no idea what it is that you're talking about. Yeah. I said, he goes, he makes so much money. I said, it does not matter how much money he makes. I said, I don't care if he makes a billion dollars a minute. He is talking about what happens to people that look like us. Because, listen, Barack Obama was the president. And guess what? People in the South still called him a nigga. Mm -hmm. So you can be Bob Johnson from BET. You could be, you could be uh, Oshari Gates. You could be Bill Gates, but, you know, a black version of Bill Gates. Oshari. Oshari. <laughs> you could be Oshari. You could be Jaquan Gates. And guess what? You still be a nigga. All day. So I told him, I said, you know what? I said, you're looking at it through the lens of how you want to look at it, but you, you, you have not walked in my shoes. And you have no idea what it is to be black at all. And so what happens is, it's like people, listen, people only talk from... What was it that Bruce Lee, Lee said? That water seeks its own level, you know? And, um, you, you know, pe people only talk to, to the best. They, the, I have a saying, I said, people are the sum of their history. Mm -hmm. So if all you know are just conservative people and people who don't, look, who, who don't, uh, who only think that the way that you do and look like you, you. look like you, you have a very myopic worldview. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. You have a very, very myopic worldview. Which is why you spoke about how travel is so important. It's at, If I were president, I would have a lottery system that would make people, when you turn 18, it's a random lottery system, and you would have to go to another country for two months where you don't know the language, you don't know the people. Because when you struggle with the language, that makes you automatically have to tap into your humanity. Mm. That makes you listen. Because uh, huh, a friend of mine told me, he you, said... You, you know, a lot of people have no interest in traveling, no interest in even leaving their counties. You know what? Let and alone that, their states. And you know what? And, 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 which is, 
amazing to me. Like, yeah. yeah, like like Arizona is like just down the street from here. And there's people who've probably never been to Arizona or people who live in Oakland who never go across the bridge. Who've never been to Marin or Sonoma. Right, right. Do me a favor. Uh, just start rattling off some of the destinations that you've been to, please. Oh, God. Um, I'll South- do it for you if you want. Because I know you've been everywhere, but go ahead. Because I want people um, to get an idea. Okay, Venezuela, Colombia, uh, Spain, uh, Japan, Indonesia, India, uh, India, right? Africa. Well, Africa is a is a continent. Uh, mm-hmm. So Ghana, South Africa, um, uh, Europe, um, obviously. Uh, yeah, you all of, yeah, 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 all yeah. Basically, Europe, South America. So yeah, so so like basically all over Europe. All over Western Europe, um, um, let me see, the closest to Eastern Europe uh, would probably be uh, Georgia. Um, let me see, where else have I been? Uh, I've been to... Uh, but you've been everywhere. That's yeah, what yeah, I yeah, want yeah, people yeah, to yeah. gather. You know? and, and I speak more than one language, too. So I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah what I other languages Spanish, do you speak? I speak Spanish, uh-huh. and then... And then I speak at a lot of other languages. And language is something that has always intrigued me. And I think that when you try to speak someone's language, that immediately makes the walls come down. Mm -hmm. Because what you're saying is that I'm paying attention to you. I respect you. And I'm doing... And I want to be in your world. I want to be in your world. You know? So when I would do things at uh, at the Sofitel... You know, it's like, okay, if I saw like my friends, like my Russian friends, it's like, you know, if I see, you know, if I see my, 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 my friends like, uh, who are Persian, it could be like, you know, and it's like, and it might be like one or two little things that I know. Or my friends, you know, my 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 Armenian friends, you know, Badev, you know, it's just mm-hmm. that it's very important for me. It's not like I'm trying to be something else. It's just my way of saying, you know what? I fancy myself as um as an ambassador of the world. Ah. And I, I fancy myself that. And it sounds like it also comes from a place of just respecting the idea of culture. Right? Yeah, you know what? But it, but that's the that's the um. That's the B part of it. Mm-hmm. It's just respecting humans. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, good point. Back to your original point. It's just being it's just, decent. Right. Just it's just right being thing. decent, yeah. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> I remember the first time I traveled, I was in my 20s. I got off of a train. I was in Holland, Amsterdam. Right. And I passed a group of brothers that looked like me. Right. Right. A few of them were darker than me, and they were speaking Dutch. Right. And it stopped me in my tracks. Because yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Right. It, blew my mind you, you know okay. the same thing happened to me yeah mm-hmm. yeah so, right it's a trip and yeah. it, it makes you have to have some inner dialogue about your own underlining prejudice and bias that you might have within your well, own you know, self you know and, and and the thing about it is it's like when you know better you do better and it's like if you've never been anywhere right you don't know what you, you don't know, know right hold and on you, let me jump in because this leads me to a question for you which it. i inevitably want you to answer which okay. is when what did racism look like for you when you first started traveling like did it change your definition of racism or how you knew it you know what? Mm. It's a tough question. No, I'm really trying to think. How did race it? You know what? 
Because in a lot of aspects, like I remember I went to Sydney and I was talking to this dude and he's like, you're popular here. You're black, you're cool, you're American. He explained the Aboriginal plight and he mm -hmm. was an uh, Australianized, no, let me right. rephrase that. He was um, a working businessman who was Aboriginal living in Sydney. Got it. And he was explaining to me what right. it was like to be black. As right. a, it was right. a trip. Right. And you, know, and you know how it is. It's like when you are black, when you travel abroad, it's really crazy. It's like, it's fucked up being in America right now, but when you travel and you're black, you like being American. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's some it's some crazy shit because it's like, and you know I remember being in South Africa, and I kind of had like a, a little chip on my shoulder because it's like mm -hmm. I had a little chip apartheid, on my shoulder. Yeah. Apartheid. Not walk in with a chip on your shoulder. Chips, Pringles, stacks. You know, stacks, stacks. You know, talk what, about a preconceived notion. And I remember being at this, um, I was out there with Dave Chappelle. Mm -hmm. We were there for the um, gl uh, Global Citizen thing um, in 2018. Mm -hmm. Thanks and for there the was, Oh, you're quite welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember being there, and there were some South Africans, and and, and I, just, I would just watch Let me interrupt it. you. When you say South Africans, I think white. Yes, okay, yes. The, the, the Afrikaans. Okay. The, yeah, the Afrikaners, yeah. Or as they as they call them in South Africa, the Boers, B O with like a Ulmat, uh, B O E U R S. I believe that's how it's spelled. It's like got like that funky Ulmat, yeah, yeah, like where the U and the E and the O are like connected together. Mm -hmm. So the Boers are kind of some of them are kind of like the rednecks of. Oh, oh yeah, it's some shit. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you think about like the diamonds and the blood diamonds and all kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, okay, well, so Dave Chappelle, don't, don't yeah. stray off that. Yeah, yeah. So I was there, and I remember um, I was sitting at the bar having a drink, and uh, it was up, the, the hotel was kind of like being at the Peninsula or something like that. Mm -hmm. Five star, bougie, bougie, five star. Trevor Noah was there. It's like everybody was staying at the at the hotel, and there were some white folks. There and I and I could you know you, when you're black you can just feel the energy oh yeah and so I moved my chair because I could see that they're kind of encroaching on my territory and you know how it is when you go to Europe some people don't necessarily believe in personal space mm -hmm. the way that that we do here Asia is a better example but right yeah um I've noticed it more so in Europe than in Asia yeah 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 but um. And so they said, well, we were here first. And somebody I, actually said that? Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, well, we're here. We're waiting. I said, well, I'm just here having a motherfucking drink. And, and that was me just kind of being a bit extra mm -hmm. with my American accent. And then it's like, oh, he's a Yank. And it was like, you know, don't fuck with them, you know? Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's a little bit of the. Uh, that's that's kind of like how it worked out for me, which was when you kind of think about it, it was kind of petty for me to mm -hmm. kind of do it the way that I did. But um, you knew the reaction you'd get. But I knew the reaction because it's like you can tell when it's like white folks are cool and then white, when white folks aren't. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like in Germany um, just a couple of years ago and this guy said some slick shit to me and, and I came right back and I just I just came right back at him and and politely just like let him have it mm -hmm. you know it's like you know i'm not just some nigger from la who doesn't know anything it's like i've got stamps on my passport mm -hmm. and i know a little bit about your history 
and I know how things go, you know. And, and so, I won't allow to be treated. I'm not going to allow you to treat me that right. way, more importantly. Real quick, yeah. one, I have a friend of mine, this guy that I know from Berlin, and I was, the first time I went to Berlin was three weeks after the wall came down. Oh. I had. You were a, young, you were a baby. Yeah. I was there, I was playing with Lenny Kravitz, so that's one of the guys I played with. So I was there, I was there um, in Berlin 25 years ago, and um, people said, we're going to take you somewhere. And I said, okay, cool. So then they said, okay, well, let's take a walk. And then I said, where are we going? They said, let's just, let's keep just, so where are we going? They said, we'll just keep going. You hear that tap? What is that tap? It was the people tearing down the Berlin Wall. Oh, you were hearing the initial taps of it? I had a piece. I broke out a piece of the Berlin Wall. Yo, that's history. That's history. So mind you, best. 25. Well, sad, but. Yeah, yeah. But then, and then I went back again 25 years later and talking to people from Berlin and talking to people from, you know, uh, Cologne and all over and just this one guy said to me he goes Ken he goes I wish that Donald Trump would build the wall so that he knows what it is to have to tear it down and I totally got that and people who haven't traveled wouldn't understand that mm -hmm. but when he said that I totally totally got that Here's explain that very simple, like this whole thing of we're going to build a wall, we're going to keep the people from Mexico out, and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. It's like these people, these, these are these are our allies. We're and on their land. Man, come on now. Call it what it is. California? New Mexico? Yo, get your life. Arizona? Come on, get your whole geographic. Come on, man. <laughs> so, so no, but it's fucking bizarre. Go ahead. It's super bizarre. But But he said to me, he goes, I wish that he would build it so that he would tear it down. And it's like, I said, I totally get it. The reason that I understood it is, here it is, he and I, white guy from Germany, black guy from the United States, and our thing that, that we had, our common bond, we're both musicians, we're both pianists, and we're just having a conversation, and we're just talking, it's like, it's politics, but it's just, it's just humanity. Mm -hmm. And when you're a musician, I think most times, I mean, there are some idiot musicians out there, like Ted Nugent, but we won't call him by name. <laughs> I think you just did. Out of all the idiot musicians, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. he's an interesting character. I think he's also a, a, a sign of uh, his generation, which is another conversation. You know what, though? I don't want to give excuses away to people. No, but elders, you know what, though? But, 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 but it could be generation, but you know what, though? But... But that's not a good enough. That's not a. I that's, agree. It's not a good. That's, it's that's not an not, excuse. That's, that's not good enough. You it's not an excuse. You got to come better than that, right? Because because the answer to that would be Bernie Sanders, right? Who's who, somebody who got who, it? At who a young gets age. it? Right. Who gets right. it? Let's uh, let's go ahead and take a break real quick. Good enough. And we are back. We enjoyed our break. Uh, thank you for being so patient. So Kenneth, again, thank you for being here. Um, we've we've covered a lot. We're going to jump right back in. Yeah. You're from? Are you from Southern California? Born, bred, and fed. Born, bred, and fed. What do you have to say to having this this kind of California mentality that we're like fruits and nuts or we're hippies or we tend to have a progressive approach? Do you, A, do you agree with that idea? And B, does that fall in line with you? Yeah. yeah. Straight up. I, straight up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cali's where it's at. I mean. You know what? But when you think about like the, um, 
like like the I like the coast, you know, California, New York. Mm-hmm. It's just like some, yeah, it's just some real creative shit. Mm-hmm. Super creative. It's interesting being gay and being a man of color. You know, I've been working in news media for quite some time now, and other opportunities have presented themselves in other parts of the nation. And I don't, it doesn't matter how big the uh, opportunity is mon- as, far, as far as money is concerned. I don't want to live in the South. I don't, right. I, don't, I don't trust that I would have a, a, a quality of life. Yeah. Um, that's that's what, what I've known here in, this, in California. Right. You know, yeah. Um, white privilege. That's a, that's those are two words that keep floating around, and I have a lot of, as you know, a lot of white folks in my life, a lot of different colors of everybody, but a lot of white people are having trouble understanding this, the the definition of, on the concept behind white privilege. What do you have to say to that? Read history books. I mean, it's like I think that once people start being honest about the history, then the uh, whole thing with the privilege is like, uh, it has to be dealt with and it's just thrown out the window. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I think that uh, trying to explain to people, I was talking to my cousin who's white and she's like, I just don't understand what it means. And I can tell from her response. (laughs) That she doesn't understand what it means. Well, but it's also offensive to her. It's offensive to a lot of people because they don't quite understand what it means. Um, But but them being offensive, that's part of their white privilege. That's a good point. It's a good example. Just by them being just by be being offended. offended, just by being offended. Yeah, it is textbook thing of white privilege. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's like it's for me to be able to distinguish between the two, or for me to be able to think of an example. It only it takes me two point two seconds. Or I mean, you know what I mean. It's just like there's so many. There's infinite examples of of the difference between the two. One that is not my favorite, but to me is so vivid, is this this image floating around or images floating around of this white kid who murdered two people and he's sitting there handcuffed and the cops are feeding him water and they're kind of wiping off his brow right. and they're treating him with a lot of respect. Right. And then uh, some kid who was caught stealing a candy bar who has his, you know, he's in a headlock. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's all in that those actions right there. And again, we tend to talk about isolated incidents often um, and try to make them general, generalize them. What do you have to say to that as far as we live in this nation, this time where people just generalize? You are this and you're that, and that's, that's what you are. That's control. That's like when you're, when you're trying to like put your thing on somebody else, that's control. You know, And that's people who are obviously not in control trying to control shit. Mm-hmm. You know, just the, the, the minions out in the street, you know. But that's, you know, that's kind of what it is. Mm-hmm. As far as protests, I mean, you've seen protests. Have you ever have you ever actually gotten to protest? I never. You know what? So when Rodney King happened, I was actually playing with In Vogue at the time. Hashtag. You're now you're dating. Now you're aging yourself. It doesn't matter. All right. You're listening. To That's history. right. It's history. Hold on to your love. Okay. So go ahead. So you, so you were working. Yeah. And so you know, I didn't. I didn't go. But you know, I wasn't. But you also have to re- remember, it's like that was what thirty years ago or twenty years ago. I don't have like I wasn't like socially vigilant like I am now. It's like I've turned into my father. Interesting. How so? Or you know, or like my grandfather. You know, it's like when you just see. Mm, let me see. How can I? When you can just see uh, the consistency of of things that they just do through life. And it's like, you don't have that when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meaning what? Their sense of routine and how and how 
what their life entailed. That's all right. That's good. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Is, no, and I like that. Good. We're, we can segue all over the place. And I, this is, again, I want real, raw, organic. And that, if, if, hey, you, you, know what? if you get stuck on that question, I'll, then good. <laughs> I'm stumping him. That's my goal today. Hold no, on. You, before you speak. No, no, because I, I have a question for you. This is a silly question, but I believe that this might have some relevancy to men of color, especially us uh, living in California. And pardon me as I coin this phrase, but were you ever called to the streets? Was there a time in your life, 16, 17, when you could have gone a different direction, but you didn't? No. Really? No. Um, I was always, yeah, luckily, I'll tell you, I lived in the valley. Mm -hmm. I didn't live, like, in the city. I lived in the valley. So, like, the black area, but in the You were suburban. Suburban. Which is a completely, back then, it was, like, it was... It's not even. It's it's like the L.A. vibe. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in the. Uh, it wasn't in the valley at all. So I never felt that. You know, I never felt that whatsoever. Um. Okay, and that's interesting because I grew up in a very white suburban area, and I remember kind of where. Being, in Sonoma County, about an hour north of the. Golden I didn't know Village. that. Okay, you didn't, didn't know, know that. Ah, uh, you thought I was from L.A. No, I didn't. I knew that you weren't from L.A., but I didn't know there was like. Yeah, I was from a very, very, my mother was very, um, she was actually very particular about how we were raised, right? Was was your mother black or white? My mother was mixed. She was, but she, on her death certificate, they put Latina because she looked more Native American, right? My my mother's father was 100% East Indian. And then her her mother was black, French, Italian. So my father's full black. My sister's dad is white. Got it. Um, But I remember... Is I had to kind of lead a double life growing up. So How's junior, up? well, because I had to deal with my sexuality, you know, oh, wow. that was a monkey on my back. So as I had my friends and I was going from uh, grade school to junior high and high school, and you know, you're worried about your reputation and you want to make sure that you're protected. I had two sets of friends. So I had my straight friends who were kind of the gun toting, drug selling um, dudes. And then I had my, my quiet hidden gay life on the weekend. Um, but I remember, granted, I would never fall into that other direction because that's not part of who I am. But I remember my peers, and I remember it vividly, where you you could either stay in school, right, not cut class, not leave the campus at lunch and go smoke weed, or you could. Um, so I know for a lot of people, peer pressure and just uh, I, the call of the streets is a silly way of putting it. But that temptation is there for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so I have... A question for you. Oh, you're going to flip your script. Okay. So. I'm chilling, sorry. No, no, it's, it's good. This is going to be a little twofer right here. Mm. So. Would you call me or would you text me like at, you know, invited me to come down and do the show? You had a. Uh, it says when on your iPhone it says, uh, "Do you want to add this picture to your contact?" You know. But little do you know. Okay, so that was obviously the the picture that's in your contact now. It looks like uh, you just took that recently. Mm-hmm. But what we know is with the iPhone, you can assign a picture to the contact. Mm-hmm. So when you called me. I didn't update the contact because I have a picture of you. Uh oh. 
so I'm already nervous. <laughs> and I'm also concerned to how this is going to turn into a question. Go ahead. Oh, it, no, no, this is going to be amazing. You're, this, you're about to watch magic. All right. So, we got that part. So, you have been, where's, where, did you, uh, where did you and Andre Venner, our friend, go to in Europe? Where'd you go? Uh, Andre got married a little over a decade ago, and we went several destinations, but probably Germany is what you are thinking of. Right. Am I okay? I <laughs> uh huh. So there's a picture that I have of you that you posted on social media. I guess it was ten years ago. It's probably MySpace. <laughs> but you're jumping, you're jumping up in the air, and you're like in lederhosen. Mm-hmm. That's my signature. <laughs> that's my signature. I love to travel. I love to take pictures. Man, okay. But tell, okay, that's your signature, but what made you decide to put the Lederhosen out onto the internet? Interesting question. I did not, I did had no clue where you were going with that. All right, I like this. Okay. I have two, I, t- t- this is a two-part answer. In one, firstly, I've always loved to travel, and one thing I love to do when I travel is to pick up local garb. Right? Got it. So I get it. Pr- so prior to prior to that trip that I had went on, I learned this from Robert Zelstra, who you know who that is. Right. I had went on a trip with same same Andre Venner and two other people. We we traveled the Middle East. We did Jerusalem. We did right. right. I saw those pictures. That was that changed my life, oh, as it would. Right. But we did Egypt for right. a week. We right. did. As Israel for a week, and we did Jordan for a week. Really? Correct, right? And with Andre? With Andre, Denise, and uh, Robert. Three-week trip. Wow. Dope. Of course. Dope. I mean, that's another I mean, conversation. Just that. Well, just the fact that uh, the kind of travel it was with the people I was with, but the fact that I was able to be on that soil. You know, the fact that we think that we have history. You know, when you're in Giza, sitting on the ground, and like literally you're touching things that are thousands of years old. You know what that that tells you? America's a pop-up. Yo, you said pop-up. Well, if you look at it, talk about hindsight or retrospect. You're right. America's a pop-up. It's true. We're brand new. We're brand new. And you know what? I'm glad you said that because let me say something. With the, If you look at it as we're brand new, that might be able to give some people some insight and also some hope that people can calm down a little bit. Like, it's not, everything's not over. Like, this is not the end of the world. This is a, this is a, a, a shift of consciousness, a space to grow and learn. Yep. You know what I mean? That's, that's what this is. It's not the end of the world. But hold on. I want to answer your question. A hundred years of now, a hundred years from now, they'll be laughing at us. Totally. And we're laughing at how people were 100 years from, 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 from now, right? And have a lot of behaviors, a, a lot of things. A go. A go. My bad. Thank you. Fuck <laughs> you. Um, hold on, because you, you got me on something. But but I learned that from Robert Zelstra. When we were in Egypt, we went and bought um, the, the galabiles. And I don't know if that is the correct pronunciation of them, but they're the dresses that men wear there. Okay. When I was in Japan, I bought a kimono and the shoes. When I was in Germany, I bought the lederhosen um, and the hat. So, you know, where else have I been? What else have I bought? It's, uh, you know, it doesn't matter where I go. If there's some sort of local garb connected to it, I'm most likely going to, A, jump in it as soon as I can, and B, bring it home with me. Um, But also the reason I did is because... A, I'm mixed race, and I know that when I walk into a store, when people originally see me, they see black, and I'm told I'm good with that because I love right. being black. I have no qualms with anything about my makeup, but I also do uh, have I, when I show people my ancestry.com thing. In fact, I'm going to pull it up for you right now. I think uh, people are like, "Oh, so I'm not necessarily acknowledging my white side, but I'm not running from it, right?" 
Okay. That that's a, that's another description. Um, and we were going to Oktoberfest. Please, I mean that's that's what you have to wear at Oktoberfest. Let me tell you something. Period. Oktoberfest is the shit, man, dude. Man. And you know, it was a trip walking through Oktoberfest and b- being a man of color. I got so many lo- looks, but they all were looks of curiosity, but they were friendly. And that's the kind of dude I am. And check this out. Now watch this. Read that real quick. Read that out loud real quick. So read wow, that. that's this is all me. Go ahead. So wow, so you're Nigerian. Wow, Nigerian, right? Okay, English, Welsh, um, Italy, South and uh, South, Southern and Eastern um, India, Mali, Cameroon, Congo, Ghana, Benin and Togo, France, Greece and the Balkans. And hold on, and I think there's more. Oh shit! Ireland, Scotland, Southeast Asia. Okay, so am I mixed race? Completely right, and this is and right, and people say go back to Africa or or you know pure race. No one's very no, very, very few people to pure race. No, no, no. And nobody. how do I go back to Africa? Am I supposed to divide myself in what is this twenty five different different ethnicities? Am I supposed to divide myself and go back to Ghana, France, Greece, uh, you know Ireland, what? Italy, Nigeria, England? Wait, how the fuck do I do that? Go back you to know my what? country. You know, you know what? You know what? <laughs> go back to L- listen, listen. They're plebeians. They don't even. They can't even think on the level that you're at. It's like they're just thinking like they're just thinking just one continent. It's like, really? Are you just thinking that I'm just a myopic thing over here? Mm-hmm. It's like no, right? But yeah. but but a you have to be that, and b you have to want to seek that out to understand that. And I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody. I just I, I think that I always when my when I told my mom I was gay when I was 14. And she was like, oh, black and gay, and she was worried. I told her, don't worry, I got this. And I was nervous at the, at the idea of it at that age. But in actuality, I'm, I'm grateful because it, it's, it's all about self-reflection. Like, I have to be that much stronger, that much more aware, that much more articulate, that much more ahead of the game because I have these things working against me. So I, yeah. I, it's, 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 it, that means I'm squeezing the balls out of life. I'm having to cre- reach in all these different departments of who I am to survive, sustain, and be able to... Um, have fun and be happy, which is who I am. So I love that. You know what I mean? I love right. that I'm black and I love that I'm gay and I wouldn't change any of those ever. You know what? Ever. You know what? But this is the thing. Like, I'm loving this conversation for me because I didn't know how much you loved your black side in you. Mm. I didn't know that you, it's like, you know, it's like we would kind of joke, but it's like. All my black family calls me the white one. I don't give a shit. But I'm really seeing that it's like, Cause it's like one thing when you look at somebody who's mixed, and then that's kind of judgment that we have. It's like me, like I look at myself as black, and I see you as mixed. And please look at us. Right, we're we're pretty much the same shade. You're a little dark. Calm down. You can insert joke. Go ahead. <laughs> Something high yellow. Let me just. <laughs> but that's what it is. You to the punch, dude. You look like a Cajun cowboy right now. <laughs> Like a Cajun cowboy. cowboy. Thank you so much. You look like I'm even. <laughs> Go ahead. Jill. No, because I want to use the word pudgy, and then you're going to get offended. No, I'm, not, gonna... I'm not offended. You know what? Uh, I know I'm a little bit doughy right now. Doughy. Yeah. I still like the word pudgy. Okay, sure. Please, looking like look, with, with that Mandela hair. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Look at your lenses fogging up. That's what I love. These masks are so ridiculous. Y'all should see this. Big lines of fog. <laughs> 
fog lines. <laughs> <laughs> no, but come on, we could do this all day. Let's focus. I mean, so I, and I, I'm sorry that I had to rant on about me. I think a lot of the listeners have no clue who I am. I'm a 42 year old, life loving. You know, hip, my friends call me a, a black bougie hippie, so I, I, I fit all the you know. Dude, you're like an aristocratic hippie. <laughs> you're like, I'll take it. you're like, <clears throat> okay. Let me let's do the most. It's like when you combine the two, uh, you're just like, uh, oh god, what would be the? Point? What did you think when you first met me? Because you met me in a suit, right? I just thought, you know what? You remind me of a choir director. <laughs> <laughs> Look, from a guy who has really only been in a church for weddings and funerals and a couple of services, I don't know what that looks like. Apparently you me. Absolutely you. <laughs> Not apparently. Absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead, sister. But you I, know though? Am I doing but, it? No, no, but you know what? But but you but your vibe is already that. Right. So yeah. Right. I get that. But 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 as a map but since we've been talking you know, this I guess this is the first time we've had a kind of conversation like this before. Mm-hmm. For sure, we always we but you and I always seem to have c- close conversations to this. Yeah, it's yeah. never just how's the weather. Oh, never that. Huh. It's never topical. Right. Yeah, it's always because we can go there. Mm-hmm. Speaking of topical, you got these circles around your eyes, and there's this. Cre- I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> Sorry. Then see now, look at me. I'm a bad host. Um, what made you decide to do like? The handlebar mustache. Well, crazy. You know what's crazy? <laughs> what? Look closer. It's just a full beard. I'm just oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. So did you? Well, no. It's I, just gray hair. Really? Yeah, take so, a closer look. So I thought that, I was like, okay, he dyed that right there. Uh-uh. No, that's natural. Wow. It's like a natural. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like for when I'm on air, right? If I'm working, working, I do have like this beard mascara that I'll use sometimes. But for the most part, if you look at pictures of me, you're right. It looks like I have this big kind of wacky kind of wild. wild it looks like, you know what? Wild West slash uh, the Wilbur brothers. I don't know who they are. You know, the, the, the guys who invented the airplane. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha. That's what your mustache looks like. <laughs> hey, look, I, for my whole life, people have been like, oh, you should trim your eyebrows. Or, oh, <laughs> your gray makes you look old. Or, oh, yeah, I'm like, everybody can, you, you know, know what? what? Everybody I like look, how I look. I don't mind I, how, I look. I like how I look. From my back he, hair to my little whatever. Like, I, I embrace all of it. Man. Sometimes I do like to shave my shoulders in the summer, though. You know what? That is, that's something that's completely out of my realm because I'm not, like, I've never, I'm not wolf uh-huh. like you. Right. That's all right. I don't mind being wolf. I, I I love all of my wolfness. All right, enough about me. Unless you have another question for me, ask me some other stuff. Mm. <laughs> what did you eat today? What did I eat today? I had um, a bacon gouda sandwich, bacon gouda and egg sandwich from Starbucks, and two pieces of these Hershey nuggets. <laughs> That's about it. That sounds like a very long brunch. What is a long brunch? Tell me about your health and some concerns that you have. <laughs> oh, I put that put that on your ass like my like dad. You know what? I got you know what? Thank God that we have health care mm-hmm. as we do, which could be better. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the doctor, and because I had to go get some, uh, I had to get a prescription refilled, and then they it's not the the doctor I go to all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, how are you feeling this and that, la, 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 la. 
man, you want to take some blood tests? And I was just like, ah, oh, blood tests? I said, sure, why not? Well, it was a good wake-up call for me. Um, because you felt fine? I felt fine. But and you I, weren't. Well, I saw that my, uh, found out I'm pre-diabetic. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, I'm hearing two things, and this is my naivete, uh, admittedly. Pre-diabetic means you're not there yet. Correct. So, Pre. so you're good. Yeah. I just got to just make, that's why I have this big thing of water here with uh-huh. me. That looks like urine. I don't know if y'all can see that. Um, so, were the changes, in that moment, did you realize the changes that you had to make to become? Split second. Got it. So, you knew what, you knew what, you knew what it was. Put it to you like this. Once I saw, once I saw everything, once I looked at my uh, results, mm-hmm. went right to my refrigerator and threw everything out. That wow! Immediately. And have you gone back to those types of foods? No. Because here's the deal: I feel like if I was in your position, I feel like the best thing for me would be to at least um, earn those little things I used to love, or else it would just be like ripping a bandaid off, like quitting cold turkey. You know what? You'll you say that until you see the number. Yeah, that's enough to scare you. But so well, yeah, you know, because it's like it's one thing when it's a concept, mm-hmm. but it's another thing when it's a motherfucking real life. Yeah, yeah, or when it's happening to somebody else and then it happens to you. Well, when it happens to you. Yeah, because it's like once you learn how to be empathetic, then you can kind of gauge yourself for when yeah. stuff like that happens. It's so funny how all of this stuff can correlate to things that are happening right now. And, it, and just back to our um, original conversation, which we don't have to that focus on. That segue was amazing. But no, but for real. And again, yeah. we don't have to focus on no, it, but it's, it's true, right? Yeah. Because it's like... It's humanity. You know, people people don't know in, until it really affects them. Exactly. And, you know, and actually, <laughs> actually, I'm going to choose this moment to take a talk about a total segue to another le- far left turn. Growing up, I grew up around a lot of white folks, and a lot of these white folks were prejudiced. They accepted me, but I could tell just from jiggity jump that they were prejudiced, right? Not racist necessarily, but prejudiced. The irony is that a lot of They accepted you, or they tolerated you? Well, you know, that's uh, the answer is both, depending on who it was. Okay. I had some people who were open arms to me, and some people that just tolerated me. Okay. But what I find interesting was that these said people, you know, a lot of them, their children, my friends had children, had children of color, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Specifically black. Mm-hmm. And, so, and then that's when these original parents, now it affects them. Right. Right. Now it's hard to be prejudiced when your grandchild is half black. Right. 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 Because they they have to go ahead and deal with the prejudices, you know. But I think that when we look at media and how things are skewed, a lot of focus is not on the gray area of things. That's very much falls in the gray area. That's very much a big, a vast majority of who we are as far as the fabric of the United States. Yeah. Are, are these people, people that do have black grandchildren, people that are, that have dated other outside of the race before, people yeah. that do get it. You know yeah. what I mean? I think that a lot of focus needs to be on that. It's not just this right and left. You know what, though? But that's too much. That's too big of a concept for him. No, no, I refuse. Kenneth. You I really, refu- you really, you really I refu- believe it? I, I refuse. I believe it. I refuse to believe that that is too big of a concept. I think that, again, people are looking for things to relate to. You know, again, do I identify with left or right? I don't identify with either. I've always been in the middle. Okay. I have not always voted. I, I'm not the most political person. And I've always fallen in the middle. And that's where I live. And a lot of people I know live there. 
People wow. I want to identify with the right or left, A, because it, 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 they have now have a sense of belonging to a group, but B, they can lump in a lot of the, the, what they, their said opinions attached to other people's voices. At the end of the day, not all of us are right or left. At the end of the day, a lot of us, most of us fall right yeah. in the middle, and you know it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, again, where I do think a lot of the focus but the problem is, needs to be on. Go ahead. But the thing about it, but, but here's the thing. We're in a civil war right now, so you're, you're finding tribalism. They're not really thinking about that right now. They're okay. not. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, I've never lived in a civil war, but I, I can tell you this much. While You're in civil, it now. Hold on. Hold, let me tell you this. While there's a civil war happening, there's other life going on. There's other things going on. There's other people that obviously oppose it, but other people who um, fall in the middle. Right? Yeah. Period. However you sum it up, there's always going to be people who don't identify with one way or another. I get it. Or a little bit or a lot of it. Or right. somewhere in the middle. Right, I hear you, but I think that people. I think that, I think that that question right now, won't you won't you won't get an answer. I don't think that people are even collectively astute or in you know in in a vibe enough to go ahead and and really think from that concept. What do you have to say to, you know, you and I are both from an, from a generation and from a, an era where. Speak when you're spoken to, and assholes mm -hmm. are like opinions, and right. um, you know mm -hmm. you don't discuss politics or religion. A lot of those things, right? And it mm -hmm. seems like a lot of those ideas uh, have fallen to the wayside. Um, what do you have to say to, like, wh where did that change in our culture? Is it a millennial thing? Is it a social media thing? I know I have my answer, and I think a lot of it is attached to social media. Oh, it and is. People feeling entitled to just have these opinions. Yeah, uh, about things they don't know about, right? Well, yeah, it's like it's a it's a thing where they can. It's a thing where they can be anonymous. And courageous. Mm, mm, well said. So well said. Yeah, anonymous and courageous. Yeah, or false sense of courage. Right, but they're still they're not really. There's not necessarily anonymity attached to it either. But they can hide behind something. They can absolutely hide behind that. It's like. If that if you were to see that person on the street just t 20 years ago, would somebody go ahead and really tell you how they like how they typed about you on on the internet? Would they really come up to you and talk and to just, you like that? Right, and speak to you like that? They wouldn't. So, yeah. So I think that, that if you knew that if Mark Zuckerberg released something and said I'm supporting Trump and I'm donating a billion dollars to Trump's campaign, would you delete your Facebook? You know what? I would not. Why? Uh, and this is just my knee-jerk reaction. Good. That's just what I want. Wow. You know what? <laughs> I realize that me thinking that way is the same way that people think as the way like Trump supporters. Yeah, unpack that one. How so? We'll circle back around to that one. That's fair. I um, and that I guess that's a good question to ask you because it is something that is relevant that is happening now, and I think that uh, now I guess the latest news is that Mark Zuckerberg and his wife oppose Trump's point of views, and they think something about the word "disgusting." I think was used. I put thought into that, and I think that for me. Yeah, I would have to delete my Facebook account as hard as it as hard as it would be, right? Because it's right. like it's like you it's like a part time job. You put so much. It's like your online identity, you know. Right, 
But it's like is it, it online identity? I mean, is not reality. Oh well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Another conversation. It's true. You know, I, and I hate that. Well, you want to wrap it up? Oh no, 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 no. I just want to write that down. Yeah. That was... And I hate that because it's true. I had you know I have friends who are you know going through a lot, say in their relationship. But then the next thing, you know, five minutes later, they're posting all these love pictures and, you know, I miss you, baby. And all. It's very bizarre how we kind of have to um, feel like we need to use this outlet to emote, you know. Right. Um, like, we're, like we're important. Well, they, oh, it's, <laughs> it's true. You know. Humble thyself. Everybody. It, well, that's what's weird. Even through COVID and stuff. I mean, you know what? And see, and how about this? So we're looking at, we're talking about white privilege. It's like. We live in a supposedly Christian country where you're supposed to have the fear of God. Mm -hmm. But because of white privilege, there is no fear whatsoever. And you know how they're showing that there's like no fear and no respect? How? I don't have to wear my mask. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. So, which goes back to my thing when I was saying I didn't believe in being pro-life because... That is hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Are you pro-life, but then you want to go ahead and put people in prison? Are you pro-life that you put kids in the cages? Are you pro-life, but then if you're sick, you don't care about getting sick because you don't want to wear a mask? Mm-hmm. How can you be pro-life when you don't want to when you don't wear a mask? Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. Right. Pro-life is not just abortion. The, no, let's just say it's not just. Well, it's not. It's not the the hospital. You know, pro-life and, and, and the whole pro-birth, it's like people look at pro-life as like pro-baby. But it's like, you know, life goes on for 100 years. Mm-hmm. So if you're pro-life, you're not just the beginning of somebody's life for the whole life. I get it. Right. I get that completely. That's interesting, actually. Oh, and it just lends to the idea that we're, we believe what we're told and that you, we, it's how we, what we identify. Word association, pro-life, identify, is identified with abortion. I think it's, it does yeah. not identified with quality of life as you age. When You know what another example of that is? Hmm. How we treat our senior citizens and our elders. Yeah. It's heartbreaking, you know? Where's the pro-life then? In their golden years when they should be treated their, the best. The pro-life shows me when a 75 white man protested for black life Mm-hmm. matter is pushed by who the police yeah and he falls in, and and it's and like busts and busts his head yeah. and then the president turns around and says he was an angry protester 75 years old donald trump come on man you know better than that right i think donald trump is a 75 year old angry protester probably i don't know How oh yeah seventy thousand. Seventy thousand. <laughs> No, he he's seven. I think he's what, maybe seven, he's not seven, a protester, but he's definitely seven, angry. You know what I mean? He, he is protesting. He's putting the protests in. To, he wants four more years. He's trying to put dissension amongst the ranks, and that's the protest that he's going mm. ahead. Oh yeah. yeah, okay, I got it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I do. Are you mixed race? Are you? Do you have you ever done that? I haven't. I haven't. Do you? What do you think you are? Um, because I, I can tell you by looking at you, you are at least six things, and half of those are off of the continent of Africa. Really, hundred percent. Okay, I, I would. I would bet money easily. Bet money on it. Okay, so what? So what are you thinking? 
Well, you know, that's tough. I mean, you know, you could have some some white in you. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Where is white? I said, I'm trying to say. I know, just... I, know I know. Sorry, 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 sorry. All right, that, no, was, you know. that, was, that was an ignorant response. You could have some European uh, in you. You could have some. Um, let's narrow it down. You're... Some Asian. Why well, don't, let's narrow it down. Wow. All right, I could see like maybe. Um, some Italian in there, maybe some um, some uh, wow. some South um, American, maybe some Latin blood in there. Wow! I could maybe see, um, you know, you do have a kind of a bowling ball shit head, <laughs> so I could see. But no, I'm kidding. But no, for real. I mean, that's, I, I guess I put myself on blast right there. But I, as far as trying to pinpoint what other uh, what what other. I, I don't know. Geographical. Uh, that's tough. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Will you, you do it? Will you? Would you take the test? Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. A- we're gonna we're gonna hold him to that. We're gonna right now. It is uh, June 29th at 2:05 p.m. It's a Monday, and we're going to hold you to that. I want you within a reasonable time give us some results. That'll be. That's crazy. And I make a deal. If you're just all African, I'll I'll um, pay you back for whatever you paid for, on, and I'll give you a treat on top of that, <laughs> by from our sponsors. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. All right, so that's the deal. You yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. You guys, it's all here. It's all locked in audio, visual, yeah, video. Yeah, yeah. So do that for me. Cause, okay. Because I think also it would be a good example for people to um, say, wait a minute, maybe I should uh, look into that. And then you'd see how floored you'd be. Yeah. Do you remember? The, I think this was like on a Donahue or like a Jenny Jones or like a something. Not Jenny. Sally like, Jeffrey. Like, like a yeah. Sally Jeffrey. <laughs> like a Ricky Lake. Not but, Ricky, um, though. Oh, yeah. Right, but uh, there was there was a story. They brought this gentleman on who was trying to devote his whole life to building a town that was solely for white people. And I believe this <laughs> right. was in the outskirts of Texas. Do you know this story? I know, and he had like, <laughs> you know this story? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that if people heard that story, or if they, and I'm going to finish the story in a moment, but uh, you know, the irony behind that is uh, is is astounding. So, long story short, you guys can do the math. He um, went on this talk show to talk about it. They asked him to do a DNA uh, or an ancestry dot com DNA t- test, as we know it today. Right. And it showed that he was, I think, twelve percent. Uh, African descent and he tried to deny it but they were like here's your blood results dude you know what life is just walking fucking irony yeah that's what make, that's can what you makes learn you, from it you know what you know what they say you know the people learn you know what we know about history hmm. is people don't learn about learn from history right obviously that's what we're dealing with today yeah <laughs> That's dude, what we're seeing right dude, now. it's like, look, if we just looked at the Spanish flu mm-hmm. and just said, wow, okay, the Spanish flu lasted for this amount of years, mm-hmm. and we see that we have masks now, for, and we see that when we go out and travel to, to Europe, um, excuse me, to Asian stuff, mm-hmm. we see them wearing the masks. It's like, well, of course we should wear masks. It's like, well, I know that when I was out there, I did the same thing too, mm-hmm. adapting to the culture. Right. Like, you know, the Lederhosen, the... The Madrizi, what's that? The Galabile, there's several names. Right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have a picture of me in Japan with one of those surgical, uh, the the N95s on from, this was in 2012, 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because that's what they do. Because that's what they do. But see, and it's like, if we would just be like, man, okay, that's an easy thing to do. And it's easy for black, check this out. It's easy for black folks. Like, you don't see black folks like crying about wearing the mask. Mm -hmm. And you know why? We've been 
so conditioned to be told what to do. And follow rules. And just follow in. But but this time, it works for us. This time it's worked out for us because like, okay, that's the rule. Because when you turn around and you look at like white folks, it's like they are screaming like it's against their like their, it's their rights. Their rights. And it's right. like we you know what? We're just looking at it from a human standpoint. Right, out of respect for And other you people. know what? And they don't even realize that they're privileged. Mm-hmm. To even think that—that mm-hmm. that is the most ridiculous. To even have that, to even have the, to even have the, 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 the thought mm-hmm. to have that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't know oppression. If you feel oppressed from having a piece of cloth over your face, that is actually with the intent to save lives. If you feel like that's oppression, that's another idea of privilege. It all day, all day. Mm-hmm. But you know, though. But here's the thing that I've learned. And listeners, I challenge you to respond to that. You know, again, this uh, this whole the, the reason of this podcast is to create dialogue, inner dialogue, underlining bias, prejudice, trying to unravel it, figure it out, and understand where it comes from. So check this out. So the reason that they have so much outrage and so much white privilege is because nobody has ever told them no. No, I was talking about this the other day. It's true. Nobody, nobody's ever told them no. And my mom used to tell me all the time, life's not fair. They were never told that. And, but see, but that's the whole thing. And they, and we as black people, we are laughing at y'all white folks because y'all are crashing and burning. It's true. And the shit that y'all think Comedy. that you, it is. And it, I'm sorry, it, I'm like you guys, know I'm like too. <laughs> you know what? But we as black folks, we're laughing at you because you're looking at it like the sky is falling chicken little. I want to take this opportunity to say something real quick. Go ahead. Laughing at all. I don't want to generalize on the show. So we're laughing at some people who are acting like buffoons, right? Part of our problem with our culture is the fact that we all too easily generalize. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. We really do. So what he's talking about, what I'm talking about, we're not talking about all or everybody. We're talking about certain people who are out there, say, on, on steps with guns uh, to, for the right. protesters or doing just really outlandish, sad stuff. I'm just speaking. I'm just speaking through the Karen list. Culture, I, I, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Car- um, caricature. Karen Kutcher? Caricature. Are you you talking about like the picture? No, the Karen culture where people. Oh, the Karen culture. I'm sorry. Oh oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, again, people who were just uh, (laughs) not using uh, the golden rule, common sense to just do what they need to do and move on. What did they say that that sense isn't so common? Was that that Abraham Lincoln that said that? Oh, yeah. I don't know if it was him, but I know what uh, what you're talking about. Yeah. You were going to say something. Do you remember? Um, No. Okay. But once. We pick up on another time. Mm-hmm. I can go ahead and kick back into that. Good. I like that. I feel like if I stare at him long enough, he comes up with something pretty, <laughs> pretty good. Um, did you ever? Did you ever go to Argentina? I've never been to Argentina. Or you South know what? America. Okay. You said what? I've never been to South America. Really? I know. And you know what? And you look like a gaucho too. Like when I'm looking at you, you look like a gaucho. Mm. Okay, I, you not know, more reason why I need to go. Let me jump in. When I went to uh, Egypt and I got off the plane, everyone was looking at me and I looked like them. Right, right. Which lets you know that all of this whole like supremacy, it's like nobody's supreme to anybody. It's like we are a multi, we are, life is a thousand different colors. Tapestries. Man. Right. All Eloquent, day. yes. All day, right? Man. And for me, 
you know, I'm going to use the rainbow, the gay pride flag for this. I know a lot of controversy about this. Like, it's a rainbow which shouldn't be attached to gay pride. I understand that argument. But it's so, uh, it envelops the reality that, you believe it, whether you like it or not, we are Skittles all day. We're all... Skittles all motherfucking day. all day. We've always been that. We'll always be that. Always. Right. Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. Get, yeah. get excited. But yeah. it's true. So for those people who are so narrow-minded, I understand that you might want it to be a certain way, but the reality is it will. it's not that. It's never been that. It will never be that. But you know why? But you know why, they, why they're flipping out? Why? Because they are watching the inevitable. Oh, you're right. Which is their idea be torn down. Is You know what? Because check this out. Because how staunch they feel about that, there are so many kids, not only black kids, but white kids, who have this mindset like we're a melting pot. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, it's just, it's like they're, you're seeing more humanity with these kids. And you're seeing more humanity when you're seeing like white kids and stuff, you know, black lives matter and trans lives matter and mm -hmm. people, vo you know, vocalizing and. Unless I was going to ask you about that earlier. That was one of my questions. Was, was, was it's actually? Let me pull my notes back. It's, it's I don't even need my notes for that. But um, what do you see for the future? And you have kids. I mean, what do you? Are you sound hopeful? Oh my God! You know what? My daughter just graduated. My daughter just graduated high school, and when I saw her graduation thing online and it's like that's crazy to watch the graduation your kids graduation online mm -hmm. but then i thought about when she was born and every time i saw i see a baby i'm like you know what that could be the one that makes everything better whoa right so Deep. and i've always i've always thought that mm -hmm. and then when i saw her at seven at see her at 17 i'm like what what we we're not what they're going to see we're not going to we're not going to see it in our lifetime mm -hmm. we're not going to so like we're change, like we're, we're, no, no we're just we're the beginning of the story mm -hmm. but when you see what shit is going to be like a hundred years from now it's going to be crazy crazy good. so oh my god it's going to be great good. yeah it's going to be great yeah you know what this had to happen mm -hmm. This had to happen. And so, okay, this might get kind of deep, but, okay, if I was preaching, this is what, this is what somebody would say when, if, you're, if you were preaching is be like, I know that when I go to the doctor, to the eye doctor, and he sees that I have perfect vision, what's that number? 2020. So we're at the beginning of the real vision right now. Ah, I see what you did right there. Look at that. See how, see how proud he is right there? Look at it. Oh, no, because <laughs> I come around and pat you on the back. Look at <laughs> No, I'm kidding. But no, I, I, wow, that's a that's a very um, a descriptive, very easy way to really put it. And it's and that's what people need to hear. Yeah. 2020. Well, you know what? Because we're what we are. Listen, when you're seeing CNN, NBC, Fox, and everybody saying Juneteenth, that is, um, we are watching history. It's like Fox wouldn't be talking, last year they weren't talking about Juneteenth. They had no clue what it was. You know? And so what we're really seeing is that this is such a polarizing thing. It's, been, it's so big 
that it's not even com- it's not even contained in America. It's went it's to forty. Global. It's right. global. Yeah, forty thousand people. I am so glad that you're talking about this. Forty thousand people in in France, and twenty thousand people in. Uh, just let me see. Let me see. Where's that? France and and Wherever. London, right? You know, Sweden, mm-hmm. fighting for Black Lives. But moreover, fighting for fighting for what's right. 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 Fighting for what's right. Right. And Black Lives is just fighting is just, for what's right. That's what we should call it. It's just what's right for what's right. Yeah. Fight. You know. And and maybe I sound like a hippie myself, but it's like. I really do believe. I really do believe in the goodness of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. I do believe in the goodness of people, and I'm just like, and everybody has it in them. You know what? And that's the empathy, and that's why I feel. You know, but it's like, it's like, come on, you guys. It's like, look, we're gonna look at it in black and white. It's like, look, the first terrorist group in the United States was the police department. Right. I was gonna say KKK, but right. Oh no, no, no! no but yeah. the KKK came after. Came after. Right. And people will, will say, well, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist group. It's like, well, by your definition. But let's, uh, but let's, take, let's take it around the world because, you know, groups terrorizing people is, has, since the dawn of time, this has been about. Yeah, right? but it's, it's trying And to, people trying to dominate other people. Exactly. Right. And again, if you know your history, if you, if, and if you use, practice some common sense, you know, you will, empathy will come next. It, Once, that's how it works. Because once you start to see the humanity in everybody, and how you're all we're all the fucking same. Sorry, it's really, really true. Yeah, some of us just want to do different work and place our energy in different places. I choose not to place my energy in angry things. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that's what baffles me when I see these people that are angry and they spew hate. It's like, how do you consciously wake up every day and that's how you choose to use use your energy? Like, you're gonna a you're gonna give yourself a fucking heart attack, but b it's just it's such a uh, a sad way to live. Mm-hmm. You know that I wouldn't call that quality of life. It's just getting by. Yeah, it's existing, and it's and how, right. and how is that really? Which you is that really the input you want to leave on the world? Is that the, your your footprint, your thumb mark? Is that the legacy you want to leave? Is that you were filled with hate or with narrow minded ideas? It's very interesting. You know what? That reminds me of a line in Shawshank Redemption. Love that movie. Go on. And when. When Red, when Morgan Freeman was talking about Tim Robbins, Andy Dufresne, mm-hmm. and they were talking about, uh, uh, oh gosh, the old man who who hung himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, right, because he got released after. Six, right, six, but then six, he was so he was so institutionalized. Yeah. He didn't know how to get. But then, when when uh, when 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 Morgan was reading the letter from from uh, from from Tim Robbins, what, no. Read from Andy Dufresne, they were talking about the old guy, and the and the guys always said, Andy Dufresne said, you know what? Get busy living or get busy dying. And we are dying right now. But I believe that it's on the upswing where people are going to start living. I like that. Get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah. What's the definition of get busy dying? Existing, fighting living in the past and what's your definition of living living <laughs> living is being in the moment it's like you don't have time to put your foot on somebody's neck because you're just vibing out 
You know what I'm saying? I do. You're not in front or behind. You're not in the future or the pre- past. You're not yeah. worried. or Exactly. Oh, or making yourself feel a certain emotion or bring a certain idea on. You're right where, you're right where we are right now. You're not it. trying to control somebody else. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like when you realize. Or you even know yourself. Well, you know what? When you realize that we can't control people mm-hmm. and trying to like dominate somebody like from a mental aspect or whatever like that, it's like then you realize that you, just, you can just relax. Yeah, right. You surrender. That's, and you that's surrender. what the whole shit is. If people, listen. If America surrendered, mm-hmm. America would be amazing. It, totally agreed. And if people people surrendered globally, we could have the this global consciousness that we could actually do vibrational synergy, energy. You know how energy works. You know, you know how you walk into a room and if the energy is good or bad, you can you can change energy with with your attitude and with what and your powers. Uh, I know as hippie as that sounds, can you imagine if globally? All of us just shut up and got along vibrationally what that would look like, how happy we'd be to leave the house, what work would look like, what our day-to-day would look like, our relationships. Oh, my God. You know what? What an idea. Wow. You know what it would look like? We get a snapshot of what it could look like. Right. I'm I'm going to tell you what what it was. Remember when COVID at first happened? Yeah. And everything really, really shut down? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and you're in the news business, and when they showed, like, things that, like, they didn't expect, like, sheep, like, walking out that did, oh, like, right. the animals and stuff. Supposedly the dolphins swimming through the streets of, the canals of Venice. Right. So. Life coming back. That's what I'm talking about, where we get to, like, that. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. And, 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 and I feel you because the, the feeling that we... The feeling that we felt that we received when we saw images like that, right? Yeah. Like, whoa. It's like a movie. Like, the earth is getting ready to, like, to stretch like, a little bit. And man, them. bro. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I get it. I yeah. Get it. So, so, with that, yeah. and I challenge everybody, but how do we get. So, if, if, if the earth is taking a moment to breathe and, 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 and reassess and get back to the basics, why can't we do that? You know what? Earth is not reassessing. We owe, we owe that. Earth. To earth Go ahead. I know. I think I know where you're going. You're not gonna know. This ain't this, nothing new with Earth. No. You know what? This is gonna give. This is part of it. People will say, "Oh my God, things are moving so fast." Mm-hmm. You know, like where we are right now. It's like, "Oh my God," you know, things are moving so fast. But when you really look at it, this has been a slow cook that's been going on for time and time and time and time. And now it's really about to like the like like we're watching. We're we're getting into 2020. We're getting into clear vision. I love it. So all of these preconceived things that people had, whether they want to believe it or not, it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. It ha- listen. Where we listen if we if we get into a civil war or whatever, you know, it had to happen. I get it. It's, I get it. And I was I was talking about this with Dolores Robinson. In fact, we should be talking more. Uh, I wanted to talk more about that conversation. But my analogy was like with uh, addiction, right? It's like with drug use. It's like you have to hit rock bottom and then you realize. Then you realize and you say, okay, now the changes need to be made. What does that look like? And then the work begins. So I feel like it's, uh, consciously, uh, as far as people are concerned, this is us hitting our rock bottom. And we have, now we have to do the work. 
Which isn't but that hard, people. You know Don't be scared. But, but you, you know, know what, what, though? It's going to come. It's like, it's absolute. Yeah, but work still has to be done. I, you know what, though? I'm, you know what? When I'm listening to this conversation right now, mm-hmm. I already see 10 years ahead. I already see 10 years ahead. And it's like, you know what? People are fighting and they're scratching, but it's like they're reluctant. But this is inevitably, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. People, is too many people who are, is too many kids who are younger who are curious about things and, and, you know, social media, that's one of the good things about social media, I think, where you get to exchange ideas and things like that and you can see, like, what these people do over here, these people do over there, and I really think that social media has really, the good thing about social media, I think it's made kids, they're they're, they're globally social. Ah, which helps with imagination, creativity, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. So, so they, so it's like where as America has this old, outdated mm-hmm. system, there it's like you're you're looking at that. You're <laughs> America is the old operating system right now. Interesting. That's the first iOS from Apple. So we're talking two thousand five, six, two thousand six or seven. Interesting. That's deep. And I like that. Analogies, I love analogies. Um, I will say that I like what you just said, and I like that everything that you said really is all alluding to the idea of hope. And I know that Absolutely, that's, that is it. But that's my attitude, and I think that a lot of people aren't seeing that. But I like what you just said about kids and social media, because it's true. It's like, if you want to know what diversity looks like, these kids now can literally lie, turn on whatever device they're using and globally t- chat with somebody from uh, Russia to New Zealand. You know what I mean? And everything in between. Yeah, that's a really good point. What did I say? I said they're globally lit. What, what, what was it I said? I want to write down what I said. Globally lit? Is that what you said? I don't know. I don't aware. Know. Globally aware. Yeah. And yeah. connected. Connected. That's what it was. You know? Which is, which, is, which is key. But you know what also is weird? And here we go again. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? It's like you have these adults who have the same access to the same knowledge, but they choose to stay in their small-minded bubble. You know what? You know? Yeah, right. It's pretty yeah. bizarre. But you know what, though? But those are people who I think aren't like, like you... You're a creative person, so being creative is like you're you're you welcome the wonderment. Good point. Yeah, it's second nature to me. Right. First, well, you know, it's, it's you know, it's natural. Yeah, not because you're empathic, and so like when you asked me earlier, like, man, okay, you know, I was gay, but but why did you? Why were you friends with me? It's like because you were you, mm-hmm. and just the connectivity, the connected, the the, the connectivity, just from the human aspect. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I do, I do, I do, I do. And I think that, again, what's also interesting, and I remember if you're listening and you're watching, you know who I'm talking about. Somebody told me, you know this person too, if you remember them. But they looked at me after a while. They said, you know, you make gay okay. And I was like, like gentle eye roll because I'm like, I know that the intention behind what you're saying is nice and sweet and golden, but it, what you're saying is kind of offensive because you're, you're basically saying that gay isn't okay, but I'm somehow making it okay. But I use that as an example of- Is this somebody I know? It is, but it's somebody you don't know well. It was okay. somebody you knew from the bar. It was from, from back in the day. Okay. It was one of my, our regulars. If I showed you a picture, you'd be like, oh, I remember her. It's not like somebody in our, in our weave, right? Um, so I use that as an example of- Again, 
if you don't step outside of, of what you know, you're not going to have those aha moments. And if you right. do, when you have an aha moment, please think clearly before you speak. You don't necessarily you have to say that. You don't have to say, oh, you speak so well. You know, if you come across somebody who's different than you and you like them, just tell them you like them. Right. But remember, their aha has a ceiling. I don't necessarily know if that's true. Oh, they're dead. They're, it, it's absolutely true. I feel like everybody could have continual breakthrough moments if they do the work. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that ceiling can be raised if, if you do the work. I, I get it, but you know, but you're trying to... Reform racists. I, I get it, but they have to do the work. Oh, agreed. They have to do the work. So you know agreed. what? We're, you know what? It's just like what I see right now is like we want to, we want to see it happen right now. We want, to, we want to get back to normal. We want to get this. We want to get back. And it's that like, won't be normal. If everybody does the work, that wouldn't be normal. But even, but even okay, like we don't know like how long we're going to be Walking around with mask, it could be for the next two years. It could be for the rest. Of it. it could be forever. It could be. Call it what it is. There's a fifty percent chance that this could be the new normal. I don't think so. Fifty. I do fifty percent chance. And I'm gonna tell you why I don't think so. I don't give a shit. <laughs> just kidding. <good. laughs> wow, is this part of your acting reel right now? No, I just like this because you and I, you and I usually meet eye to eye, and in that moment, this is one of the first times we don't, and so I thought I would have a, have fun with it. So go ahead. No, we're, really. not, we're, we're not meeting. Uh, how, how are we not meeting eye to eye? In this in this example, because I'm saying that I believe that uh, there's a fifty percent chance that oh. this could be the new normal, and you're saying no, you don't think no, that. no, no, right. no, no. I'm going to tell you why. Just look at history. The Spanish flu. If you look at like how pandemics go. The Spanish flu, I think, lasted for what, like two or three years, or a little right. So if you just look longer, no, okay. So if you just look at, if you look at technology and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. I say, I say this could be a couple of years. I like that, and again, there you are being hopeful because I think I didn't consider that. If you look at technology, if you look at chemistry, if you look at where we are, (laughs) if you look at history, that's a good. Are you man? You know what? History fucking repeats itself. I watch a lot of sci-fi movies, so that's probably why. And I really like your face mask. But the reason I say that, I do, it's actually really sick. But the reason I say that is because in two parts. A, who knows what COVID-20 will look like or when that will be. And B, if we still all can't get on the same page to get this tied down, then who's to say that it could be two years, right? If none of us get on the same page. Check this out. That's all. All hypothetical. Watch this. It's going to happen whether we want it to or not, because it's like the people who don't do who don't do right there. You know, it's going to be. It oh, is they'll going, be weeded it, out. That's it's that's what's happening right yeah, now. Yeah. So their privilege is cutting their life. You know what? Their privilege. Wow. Their privilege is their foot on their own neck. And their foot on their neck is they're snubbing their nose, spiting their nose to for their. Own, and you know what? Yeah. And the, and you know what? And guess what? When they're on the respirator, what do they say? I can't breathe. Interesting. Look at you. Oh, hashtag woke moments with Kenneth Crouch. Damn, I get it. That's some shit, though, right? And I do think that when things are really have validity, there is some sort sort of weird karmic um, correlation, just as that. You know what it's, I mean? Yeah, you know. What? Or we call it irony. Whatever. You know what? Listen, it is life. Listen, you can't get away with shit. Yeah. 
you can't get away with it. It's like everybody has to pay. Everybody has to pay some way or another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I learned. I learned in later in life, but I learned nonetheless that karma is real. And yeah, I've always done my best to be a good person, but now it's really important to be a good person because I should have bite you in your head. Well, you know what? Well, check it out. You still got your history, so it's like you know you might have gotten aware down the line. But you still got to go ahead and pay that debt for the bullshit that you did from before that. Yeah, yeah. I learned late in my late 20s that karma is real and that, uh, you know, if you don't do right by others, yeah. it's going to bite you. You want to be dumb to yourself, do do you all day. But when you start uh, projecting and reflecting in the wrong way on other people. But projecting and- is really people trying to control other people. When you're when you're doing all that projecting, yeah. it's like, it's like my way is is what it is, mm-hmm. and it's like you know what? Look, you be powerful over there, and I'll be powerful over here. Do me. You yeah. know what? And once people just like, once people do that, if we all did that, that would be like the energy that you were talking about that you would be able to feel around the world, mm-hmm. which would be, you would you would be able to, which I was saying. It would be like the animals that came out once mm-hmm. everything calmed down, mm-hmm. once everything got to its natural state. Serenity. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Once it got to its natural state in the state of slowing down. Mm-hmm. And when you saw how everything slowed down, what happened? It got back to its natural state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We watch things. People, we, we look at it like as wonderment. What we saw was life at its natural state. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's so much to be said for that and the idea of natural state and bringing things back to the basics. When you think bring things back to a raw form, right? Yeah. Because we do live in a space and, and time where we're so complicated with every, with all these distractions. It's like, what's the, what's the real deal? Well, you know what? Right? This is why people are freaking out right now because they've been inside mm-hmm. And they don't have all the synesthesia that they had before. Synesthesia? Mm-hmm. I've never heard that word. Mm-hmm. The tangible feeling. So they're like, they feel what they're feeling. They think that they're oppressed, but they're not. It's like you're taking care of life right now, mm-hmm. but there's just so wrapped up in it's my right. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, you know what that that leads me to, to talk about? And I think you and I talked about this a little bit, and it's such a simple idea, and I, a lot of people have issues with it. It boils down to your ego. It's like, if you don't want to take your mask off, that those are I moments and me moments. But if you cover your face up, that's for somebody else. That's you doing something outward, looking out for somebody else. If you if you really reduce it to that, there is a lot of right or wrong in that, you know? Don't don't be, a, isn't that what the, the Bible talks about too? It's like, don't be such a me person. It's not about you all the time, right. period. It shouldn't you be about what, you, you know not what, all you the know, time, period. You know what? I know that you're not a, a big church guy, but mm-hmm. I know that you know this Bible verse. Love thy neighbor. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, as uh, thyself. And, and bring them some. No, 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 no. Love thy neighbor. No, love thy neighbor as thyself. I didn't know that. Really? No, but see, no. Well, really? No, 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 no. no. I, I may. I know that I wouldn't have been able to finish that sentence. Obviously. But my version is okay. the golden rule. That's my. That's how when my right, mother right. told me I it's the you. same thing, right? Yeah. Same thing. You treat people the way you want to be treated. That is exactly it. Right. Yeah. But you learn that at a young age. You know what? And I learned that in church. I learned that, in, you know, and just, yeah. But but I think the black folks, we have been, being the, of, the, of the age and, and the stuff that we are, it's like we were just indoctrinated with this. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That was indoctrination. You still make a choice. You think so? Apparently, because I think that everybody that's listening and everybody that a lot of, again, we're all, we're not, it's not that complicated. We learn at a young age that you treat people with respect. You learn the golden rule. You learn it in school or you learn it at home. And so, yeah, I do think at some point people just, they stop. They, they refuse. They, 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 they forget it. And so when, yeah. And when did you, when do you think that that's, that stopped happening? Well, I think that that's probably been just part of human behavior, right? So that's something, that's why that golden rule is positioned. It's to try to encourage you to just do the right thing. So I think that there's always been a conflict for people in general about trying to just keep their, keep a tight lip or treat people right. But again, I think as far as, as the, the, the sign of the times in my generation, I think a lot of it has to do with social media and the fact that, again, people now feel this A, sense of entitlement, but B, um, you know, oh, I might know a couple of ideas about this topic, therefore I can chime in. You know, I think that, um, again, assholes are like pinions. Everybody should keep it to themselves. And that there's so much to be said for that. And we don't live in that culture anymore. People, everybody wants to express their opinion. Well, because, people, love, people talk a lot about things they don't know They about. don't know jack shit about right. because they oh my say, God. Go ahead. Because they think that what they're saying, it, they think that they're adding to the conversation. Correct. And they think that, correct. And I don't want to insult people, but sometimes they think that they're being able to contribute. Like you just said, it That's, has a level what? of intellect and you know knowledge. Right. One of my favorites, and it's such a shitty example, and I don't want to use this example, but it was mind-blowing, was when a reporter was interviewing some uh, Trump supporters, and the guy was like, well, you know, it's like, it's 9-11, and it's a, why did Obama allow 9-11 to happen? Right, right. And I was just like, in, in that moment, I was like, you do, you you are so removed from what you're talking about that you should know. A, you shouldn't have a microphone in your face. The, the reporter should have found somebody else. But that's a culture we live in. People that are literally forming sentences and talking about trying to make points of things that they have no clue about. And and for them to say, what did Obama do in 9-11? Who was the president of 9-11? You and I both know George Bush because we were right It was there. George Bush. So, so for these people to say. In his what first a, term. Right. It's like, it's like what he, it's like. The people are so absolutely, some folks are so absolutely ridiculous. But 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 that's a lot of the people that we're talking about are people that just want to be part of the conversation, but they don't they don't they don't acknowledge the fact that they don't understand what's going on, even the fundamentals of government. Everybody's out there like oh or, or the other one is Obamacare. Like all these people were like fuck Obamacare, get rid of it, and then they realized wait that's the Affordable Care Act. I need uh, the afford- right. I need that. It's the like Affordable the- Health Care Act, I need that. I benefit from that. Oh, wow. If they had, they had never named it Obamacare, all these pe- heads wouldn't have rolled and people would, that were benefiting from it would have understood the fundamentals of what, what was being offered. And it's right? right. Right. And it's so funny. Some of those same people turned around and voted for Trump. And they're, voted, they're literally voting against, against the best, themselves. Against themselves. And but in where, several where, aspects. And, well, well, and where you saw that, it was... Taxation this, alone. It was in Kentucky, where... They thought that the Ohio. president, was, yeah, well, Kentucky, well, I was saying Kentucky because they thought that Trump was going to bring back coal jobs and stuff and mm-hmm. everything that he said mm-hmm. he was going to do, mm-hmm. he didn't do. Mm-hmm. So they they got it, they voted on a wish. Mm-hmm. Also the wall that he, that was a big part of, right? Right. Which so I, which, just, which, you know what? And when he said that, I knew, I said that will never happen. No, because past presidents have tried to make that happen, even Obama. But had you know what, though? But see, but their privilege makes them think that it would really happen. Think about that. I know. No, you're right. And just hear, even you telling me that right now still makes my jaw drop. I mean, still the idea of like, 
just this big great wall of of America that's right. going to be put up overnight to you know the the, the idea of it is you know what itself it's is like absurd, you know right? what they say the caucasity is <laughs> <laughs> but listen the point is we don't want to, that that's something that and I want to be careful with is I don't want to offend listeners and I don't want to this is for everybody to talk about so if, if we are offending people I, I I apologize that's not what we're doing you know what no but 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 listen listen but if you're telling the truth why would you why would why well why? I'm telling my truth. We're telling our truth. Right? No, we're telling the truth. When people say my truth and that, I'm like, you know what? No, I'm sorry. To me, to me you know what? No, no, I, no, 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 I, no, Let me, let me, let me take that back. We are speaking facts. Let me. That's that's a better way of putting it. Because we're talking about a lot of different things. But I, I, I you're right. I shouldn't apologize because we are speaking factually. It's just like you know what? I'll give you and, that. and you know what? Because the thing about it is, part of where we are is that white folks do need to feel embarrassed. Mm-hmm. People do need to feel. Listen. Things aren't going to change until they change. Mm-hmm. And I said, talking about they, I'm talking about just people. Mm-hmm. People, people don't, people, things change when, when, when people are, are willing to make it change. Right. And it's inevitable. What do you think about the words reverse racism? What does that mean to you? <laughs> you know what? That, that is, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> that makes me laugh. Why? It, because it's fucking ridiculous. It's like, it's like you got free labor for three hundred years, and you're gonna to try to turn around and say reverse racism. It's like you knew there was some some bullshit from the from the get go. It's like, come on, you know mm-hmm. better than that. Mm-hmm. You you know better than that. Mm-hmm. So that's just a laughable moment right yeah, there. Yeah, I always laugh, and it's funny because I hear it, and I always I try to correct people when when that term is used. I hate that term. <laughs> Because racism is racism. It, it doesn't go in directions. It can't be reversed or, or, or forward or back. If you're right. racist, you're racist. It means that you uh, don't like somebody because of their race. It's not a black and white thing or a white and black thing only. You know what I mean? So I think another reason I took the opportunity to ask you is because I think a lot of people, um, it's code words, it's keywords, and it's, it's you know, a lot of inflammatory things. And people, A, have their own definitions of what things are uh, because of just lack of understanding. Uh, but B, you know. Um, because of their story. Whatever, the, whatever their story is, that's what it is. That's what they know. Right. Right. And we... We try to, we try to, you know, we try to understand people, but it's like we don't know what their story is. So, but life is helping to weed out a lot of the bullshit right now. And so, where a lot of these people who are fighting and saying that I don't have to have a mask and I don't have to do this and I don't have to do that, it's like things are being thinned out because. I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you don't just say it because it's a little scary, but you're right. Let me ask you this because we're going to wrap this up here in a few minutes. But with every guest, I try to come up with some solutions, right? I want you to give, and this is what we talked about before you came in, but I want you to just take a moment to think about um, ideas, ways that listeners, people that might have some just inherent issues, as we all do, what are ways that they can create solutions? What are ways that they can delve inside of themselves and do some work? So can you think of any books, exercises, articles, YouTube links, breathing exercises, uh, you know, uh, museums. I mean, whatever it could be that might be able to help um, get people to want to have that inner dialogue. What would those solutions be? You know what? I would say if I were to really, really look at it, it's like read the history. 
really, really read the history and don't read it out of the don't read it out of the the the, the mindset of being hopeful that it'll work my way out. It's like, but read it from the mindset of like, I'm just gonna look at this as, as a bit of history. And be open to the tragedy and this this this, this darkness. You know what? And it's like, and then when you, and, and then when you're reading, when you're reading that history, it's like, okay, well, these people came over here and it was like, you know, they brought people over, you know, enslaved people and just really looked at it like, and really just look at it just from a, a human standpoint. Mm -hmm. But you know, though, but, mm, wow. You know, I want to think about that a bit more. All right. All right. I like that, though, because, listen, out of the few people I've asked, I don't know if anybody has given me that response, which is, uh, you know, history. Like, take a minute to learn. And I love that. Again, the, the goal is to give everybody some sort of tangible um, uh, task, and that is a really easy, smart one to do. So I like that. Everybody takes some time to learn some history. Um Wow, I like that. All right, so we're going to get you back? Yes, sir. All right, so if you remember, I... I, I, I the 23 and me. Yeah! <laughs> All right, guys, so just stay tuned because we're going to get his results here pretty soon. I appreciate everybody listening in. And make sure, uh, find ways to do your part, spread love, and I'll see you soon. All right. All right, that was some meat up in that motherfucker, boy. That was good. I said, some, I, said, I said some shit, right? You really did. And that, and you know what? But you said shit that, that people can understand. Granted, we're stoned, but you said some No, you know what? No, but that's, but that's the thing. It's like once I got past the loopy shit, that's when I tap into like the shit. Yeah. But let me tell you something. Huh? You were already tapping into that before you were stoned. But you're, I know. You're, I, just, you're just as metaphysical and just as. Really? Have I always been like that? You've always been like that. And you're just as metaphysical and you're just as deep sober. But I will say that your vocabulary broadens a little bit when, you, when you're stoned. It like came, the, then you, you seem to do reach into different pockets. But the core of what, right. the you core know what, of what but you're you, talking about right. never changes with you. Right, right. Because I feel right, because I feel because <laughs> I, I feel the story. Yeah. And the great thing about being high is like music. I'm gonna tell you what, I know that. I know that what's going to happen is like I might go far out mm -hmm. and not remember, but like what you're saying, it's like, but it always circles back around. Be you know what? And it's funny because a friend of mine told me, I think it was Dom, she said, she goes, when you're high, she goes, you always say the concept. She goes, you always give the concept and then you bring it in. That's dope. I mean, because part of the problem of being high and just also aging is trying to have conversation and then you want to say so much and then you lose. Oh, no, my God. You know what? But that's but, artistry to what you're but, talking about. But it's about. the art because the thing about it is I'm not running to try to catch. You know what? It's like it'll circle back around. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it'll circle back around. So it's like. It's and it so, always does. But that's that's also being a linguist. That's also being a, a conversationalist, right? That's what makes us good for doing this. Yeah. You know what? I like it. You know what? You, you're you good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you are. I'm watching how you, you're a great director. Thank you. You are. You, you absolutely, it's like what I do like this, it's like you, you, you like this some musical directing shit right there. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. It's good to get feedback. 
Because this is so you've interviewed. Yeah, you've interviewed a lot of people. Oh yeah, I mean, you know as what? far as I'm, I am. You know what? Thank you. You know what I'm getting right now? What? You gave me a master class. Good. Yes, and pra- yeah, yeah. Because I can, I can teach no, you. No, you know I'm, what? Though? I know that I am you know strong. I. That's enough. you know what. That's the reason why I'm here. Hey, right here. That's your takeaway. Oh my God. That's your payment. You know what? See, you know what? You are a master director. Wow. Master. Your shit is amazing. No, I'm like, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm <laughs> like, okay. See, I know I get. I'm esoteric already. Mm-hmm. And I know I just. Like right now is amazing. Like right, yeah, it's coming down now, but it's like it's like good. I'm out there, but I'm looking at you. I'm like, man, you're just fucking razor focused. It's like you don't seem. I don't see you. I don't see you high at all. Like I'm still. <laughs> I want to give you something. It's at my house though. Um, I, let's get off cam. Yeah, because I yeah. Part of me wants to share this, but I, it just needs to be discussed off camera. All right, so let's rapidly wrap, wrap, wrap. Thank you for that. Well, uh, a big thank you to Kenneth Crouch. I, for one, uh, got a couple of goose bump moments. That's what we're looking for on Do Your Part. So, Kenneth, thank you so much for being here. And we're going to get him back. He's going to go take that Ancestry or 23andMe test, and we're going to find out exactly how many races he has in his blood. So stick with us. Everything is fueled from me wanting to be a better person on Earth. It's time to do your part. I don't want you to dream. I want you to do it. Tap into the conversation. Check one, two. As we cover the latest issues affecting our communities and the world. It is absolutely vital that the truth comes out. Resolve your unconscious bias and grow from firsthand experiences. Is your mind truly free or is it caged? This is Do Your Part with Brian Gallo.